Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Full terms, visit mcdonalds.com.au. The Trade Feed for Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota, Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. Good morning. You're listening to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. Sarah Ollie and Josh Gablich here with you for the next hour on the trade feed. Good morning, Josh. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, Sarah. Hopefully we get some moves today because yeah. Thursday was slow. A little slow. Yeah, it was boring, to be it's honest. It's getting to the point in the trade period where everyone's just losing their marbles a little bit. We need a little bit of action today, don't we? We do, and I think we will get some action. I think Isaac Rankin should okay. be done today. There was a hope yesterday that that would be done, but when Craig Cameron got on a flight from the Gold Coast at about three or four o'clock yesterday afternoon, that deal was not getting done, obviously, while he was in the air. So hopefully we get to close a business today and we have the Rankin deal done, and it gives everyone something to think about over the weekend. Anything else that we can expect today, do you think? I think we'll see potentially Jack Gunston become a Brisbane line. That's definitely creeping closer. Brisbane want to get that done before Dunkley. So if they can clear that out of the way and attack Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday to get Dunkley done, I think that would be a really good piece of business from Dom Ambrosia. Obviously, he's got a lot to discuss with Sam Power ahead of next Wednesday night deadline. So if they can get that done today, that'd be two big ones out of the way. Well, hopefully we do see some movement because, as you say, yesterday was a little slow and we don't like to use the B word, but a little boring, a little Mm. bit more action would be good. We do have a guest today, Brendan Laid. He is going to join us. Of course, one of the most experienced assistant coaches out there. He's had stints at Richmond, at Port Adelaide, at St Kilda, and he's just joined the Western Bulldogs, and he's going to be in charge of the midfield there, Josh, and what a midfield to work with. Well, that was a big sell, I think, to come to the Western Bulldogs when you contemplate the Bontempallis, the Bailey Smiths, the Liberatores, the McRae's, the Trelaws. I mean, it's a pretty good gig <laughs> when you contemplate if you're picking a line somewhere, that's a pretty attractive proposition. So I'm looking forward to finding out more about his decision because it was a big decision to move from Moorabbin to the Witten Oval, but he's done that and he's heading there. And I hear that Tim English perhaps is a big fan of his, Josh. We'll unpack that with Brendan Lade <laughs> because I was told that Tim English... Grew up as a Port Adelaide supporter. That's known. But maybe what's not that well known is Brendan Laid was one of his favourite players <laughs> growing up. And we think about this era of players, and Tim English is four, five years into his career. I thought that might have passed him, that 2004 team, but it hasn't. All right. He's made a lasting impact on Tim English, that's for sure. Now, we do have a topic for the day that we want to unpack. And if you want to get involved, you can call one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. Or text us 0419187323. And the topic is the best trades that never happen. Do you want to set this one up for the listeners, Josh? Well, this is obviously on the back of what's happening around Josh Dunkley at the moment. And I think this will happen. I think we'll get to a point by next Wednesday night that this deal goes through. But as we sit here right now, it's clearly stagnated. There's there's obviously an issue between the two in terms of what they want and what they can offer in terms of the Brisbane Lions. We saw what happened on Tuesday when they traded away pick 15 to the Giants. We know why. Look, Brisbane are needing to accumulate draft points. They've got two first-round picks that they want to bring in. They need to be able to match bids for. 
but it makes it difficult to satisfy Sam Power and the Bulldogs because the Bulldogs wanted pick 15. They wanted a future future first round pick. Pick 15 is now gone. So Brisbane don't start on the clock as we sit here right now until pick 21. It makes it a little bit difficult to get that deal done. So as we sit here right now, I think Josh Dunkley would be a very nervous man because he's signaled his intentions. He has made it very clear that he wants to get to the Brisbane Lions. He explored Port Adelaide. A few years ago, he looked at Essendon, but he's made a decision to relocate his life to Queensland. He's got family there. His partner is from there. She wants to go back there. He's got a property in Noosa. It'd be quite nice to have a property in oh, Noosa. Oh, wouldn't it just? Yeah. A bit of sun, a bit it's of warmth. A, and it's only about 90 minutes on a Friday if you get the right time to leave you Brisbane. You would know that because you did live on the Gold Coast. So I did. I had a stint you know. up there. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know that you've got to make a, a quick decision when you're moving in that, t- in that time frame of the week. So who knows? But that's the reason why we're going to have this conversation, Sarah, because there are a number of big names that have had their deals knocked back. Some of them have ended up landing at that club 12 months later. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen with Josh Dunkley, but just as a conversation starter, let's explore some of these. And and there are some names here that I know you really like. Yeah, that's right. And just to paint a picture on what I mean by best trades that didn't happen, let's go back to 1994 and this news report regarding Tony Lockett. Lockett agreed to a three-year contract with the Tigers an hour and a half ago, ending weeks of negotiations with several clubs. But before Lockett becomes a Tiger, Richmond has to do a deal with St Kilda. Yeah, we are very pleased that Tony's given us the information that he would like to play at Richmond for the next three seasons and we look forward to him playing with us. Has any deal been done with St Kilda yet? No, it hasn't. Uh, we haven't spoken to St Kilda about that. We were just waiting on Tony's decision as to where he wanted to play and now we're facilitating an arrangement with him as soon as possible. We made an offer to Tony approximately three or four weeks ago and that's been the offer and we've just uh, waited on him toing and froing on other other things from other clubs. So uh, he hasn't signed on the dotted line yet but uh, he's assured you he's definitely coming. Yeah, he's informed us that he wants to play at Richmond Footy Club and now it's up to us to facilitate an arrangement with him. Doug Vickers, the football manager at Richmond, just repeating the news, Tony Lockett will be a Tiger for the next three seasons. It's back to you, Stephen. I love that. The voices of Stephen Quartermain there, a very young Anthony Hudson, just a budding journalist back in 1994, and Richmond footy manager Doug Vickers. Of course, Tony Lockett, he didn't go from St Kilda to Richmond. He went to St Kilda from Sydney. And this works out so well for the Swans because Plugger Lockett is instrumental in getting them to a grand final in 96. They couldn't salute on that day against North Melbourne, but that's one of the best trades that never happened in terms of the Sydney Swans, Josh. So all those news outlets covered it on the TV that night and then it was splashed across the back page of the newspapers the following day and it didn't happen. Imagine if that happened now. It would be a huge, huge story. But there are countless examples of this, Sarah. We'll save it for later in the program, but there are countless examples that we're going to unpack this morning. We are going to unpack a heap of those and you can call us one 23 or text us on 0419-187-323. We want to hear from you, the best trades that never happen. But we do have on the line joining us Brendan Laid. Of course, he's just made the big move. He's going to Western Bulldogs where he's going to oversee that star-studded midfield. Brendan, thank you for joining us on the Trade Feed. Thanks for having me, Sarah. Now talk us through the dog's pitch. I wonder, was it much of a pitch at all to come and look after this midfield because it's star-studded? No, it was a good discussion with uh, Chris Grant and Luke Beveridge just around coming over and adding some experience to the to the coaches and hopefully imparting a bit of knowledge on the on the midfield. But as you said, it's it's a quality midfield and um, very exciting times ahead. 
Marcus Bontempelli, Bailey Smith, Tom Liberatore, Jack McRae, Tim English. I mean, the list goes on and on. How do you take this group to the next level? Uh, look, I haven't been in there as of yet and, um, you know, going through what our game plan and all that stuff is. But um, I'll, just, I'll just be looking to add what, what I bring as a coach. And um, one of my big strengths is building relationships and, and connection within the footy club. So um, hopefully I can, can really connect the group, um, you know, from a coach to a player, but hopefully the players can connect to each other and we can get some great results uh, in all phases of the game. Brendan, you've been looking at a few different options of late in terms of the coaching space. Obviously, been at St Kilda for three years, long-time assistant coach at multiple clubs. How much consideration did you give going up to Greater Western Sydney when your great mate and premiership teammate Adam Kingsley took the senior coaching position? Uh, it probably took up about three weeks of our life, the family. Mm. Uh, it was a pretty big decision. Um, we said no initially and... Um, you know, it settled away for a couple of weeks and then come back and uh, asked again and we sat on it for two weeks and, you know, did the pros and cons. My young fellow's about to do year 12 at school in Melbourne next year, so that was uh, a big decision why and we just didn't know what it looked like, us being apart as a family for, you know, a whole year and, you know, what happens after that year as well. So as much as I really wanted to go help Adam and um, be part of his coaching journey, uh, just wasn't meant to be at that stage, but doesn't mean it won't be in the future. And you also went through the coaching process and for the vacancy at Essendon. You interviewed for that role. What was that like? And, and how close were you to landing that position that was filled by Brad Scott? It was an exciting opportunity to to be able to interview and present to a group of people you don't know much about and um, and about a football club that you only know from the outside. So. For me, it was a great experience to, to go in and, and present and, and meet some more people and you know keep working on some things I need to work on. So I'll get some great feedback from that. Oh, I don't think I was ever close. Um, you know, I never give a first, second, third or fourth in that. It's just you go through the process and it'll be what it'll be. And you know, Brad's been a great coach in uh, North Melbourne and I'm sure he did well in that role. And um, the other guys interviewed all, all got some real strengths, but... It just depends what the club's looking for at that time. And um, if they're looking for someone like me, it's it's a perfect fit. But obviously, they're looking for someone like Brad. A lot of people from Richmond and St Kilda, your two most recent stops, have, have said that you are a senior coach in waiting in terms of what you bring to a footy club. Do you feel this move to the Western Bulldogs will enhance your chances of landing a senior coaching job in future? Uh, that, that's the aim, to be a senior coach. It doesn't mean I'm going to get there. Um, I've got a lot of things I've got to work on and, and experience another football club and you know, being able to work under a premiership coach in Bevo is, is going to be pretty exciting for me and, and um, I'm sure I'll, I'll learn a lot there and hopefully I can learn quickly and you know fill up some holes I've got in my resume. But um, the aim is always to get there, but my main thing as a coach is just to keep improving, keep getting better, um, you know, and keep connecting to people as much as I can, whether that's players, staff or coaches. Um, it's something I do really well and something I'll continue to do. Does it do anything to your confidence, Brendan, when you continue to put yourself out there for these jobs and you do fall just short or is it all just part of the learning experience? Depends how you look at it. Some people look at it as a, you know, it's a failure, but, um, you know, for me, it's all about learning and improving. So, you know, whatever feedback I get now, I know Josh Marnie really well and uh, he'll give me some really pointed feedback, which is exactly what I'm after. And, you know, just to keep improving as a as a coach, um, it'll make me, you know, connect better to players. It'll make me a better person in the long run as well. So, 
hopefully I just keep improving and where I end up is where I end up. We're speaking to Western Bulldogs assistant coach Brendan Layden. Brendan, already in this interview, I've heard you say connect and connection quite a few times. Talk to us about the importance of connection and why it's such a cornerstone for your coaching philosophy. I just feel if you've got a really good relationship with, um, let's start with the players, you can you can get the most out of them. Um, I feel that a lot of people say they want to connect and build relationships, but um, a lot of people, I feel, you know, go about it the wrong way and, you know, they're always talking football and they feel that's how they build relationships. But you need to talk about, you know, other things other than football. You need to actually listen. I know a lot of people go in and talk to new people, but to listen and to understand where they're from, their partner, their family, whatever it is, but to really listen to people. Um, but I feel once you get that connection that players will do nearly anything for you, uh, within reason, obviously. But uh, that's the same with coaches. I had to catch up with some of the coaches already, the Bulldogs, a couple of nights ago, and um, just to meet a few of them and to, to get to know them a bit more is, is really important and uh, it'll help us all get better together. Give the listeners some insight then, Brendan, when, when you do go into the dogs and you're meeting the new players and, and the coaches and the staff and the admin, what kind of conversations are you having? Um, it, they start off pretty general to start with um, and it is pretty nerve-wracking going into a new place and, and meeting new people, uh, trying to remember their names. That's always a big one in mind is, you know, if you meet someone, just try and remember their names so next time you see them you can... You know, talk to them face to face and actually mention their name. Um, it's just little things like that that I feel really help build a connection. Um, but for me, I'll be quite nervous going into a new footy club, and but at the same time, very excited to you know what I'm walking into, and hopefully, as I said before, I can help um, in any way I can to help us get to where we want to go. Just on remembering names, Brennan, I'm told that at St Kilda you knew almost every person's name in the building and not a lot of coaches invest that time into the admin. It's quite difficult to know 100 people's names and their families and sit down and have a coffee with the IT team or comms or the membership team. But it was a big part of of what you did. You organised basketball games and heavily involved in meetings. Why is that important to you? Because it's something that you hear a lot about attached to your name and your coaching philosophy. You've done some research, haven't you? Um, <laughs> He's no, good. Look, it was, um, it's just a little thing. It's not much. It's it's just bringing the whole club together, I feel. And, um, you know, not one person does it. It's it's fine to organise stuff, but then for people to put themselves out there and actually, you know, participate in whatever is being organised, um, that's pretty big as well. So um, it's just for me, it's just I like having fun with people and I feel that helps build connection. Um it's good to know the people in the building other than just football. So you're not just always football. Um, gives you good outlets of different things you can focus on. So, so just for, for me, it's, you know, just participating, being part of it. And, um, you know, hopefully you go on a journey together, not just, you know, separate departments going on this journey and hopefully you can all do it together. It's much bigger than just the footy department in 2022. As Sarah touched on before, you're going to take over the midfield. She's discussed some of the, the star midfielders. But Tim English, he grew up a Port Adelaide supporter. I'm told that he grew up a big Brendan Laid fan. Are you aware of that? <laughs> Someone did mention that the other day. Now, he must be pretty old if he can remember me. Um, look, no, it's, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to get down to work with Tim. Um, obviously, got Sam, Sam Darcy there as well and, mm. and Jordan Sweet. So, they got some good young ruckmen. Um, you know, I can, I'm going to try and impart some of my knowledge on the game and it's not going to be the same approach for all three of them because they're all going to be different in the way they learn and the way they play. So 
it's finding what works for them. Um, I've had really good success with Paddy Ryder and uh, with Van Marich in the past about finding something that really works for them as a person and, and as a player. Um, they can't all be Shane Mumford and they can't all be Dean Cox. Um, they've got to be themselves and it's just finding that and getting them to believe in it and, and then to execute it. And hopefully when they execute it, they can do it for a long period and, and be a very good player. One thing that caught people's attention recently was the 2004 grand final. It involves seven current coaches mm-hmm. of the 18. It's quite incredible to think that of the 44 players that played in that game, there are seven current coaches. What what do you put that down to? I mean, you're obviously not far from that as well. It's amazing to think that those two sides have produced so many senior coaches and so many premiership coaches. Yeah, it's it's interesting. This and there's myself as an assistant, Josh Carr, Brett Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still a lot of other people around as well that are, you know, assistant coaches. But we felt I can't speak on Brisbane's behalf, but we felt that we had a very smart team at Port Adelaide through that period. And maybe we're trying to be a bit too cute at times with what we're trying to um, to do as a as a team, and just simplified it down in that you know 2004 year and got a great result. But uh, we felt we had a lot of smart players who could adjust things out on the field and. It's probably translated into having some great coaches, and you know, to have um, a mentor like Mark Williams, you know, Phil Walsh, Dean Bailey, Alistair Clarkson. Uh, in that 2004 year, um, there's a lot of senior coaches that come out of assistant coaches at Port as well. So we had some great teaching, we had some great players, and we, um, you know, did gel together well for a year anyway. We're speaking to Western Bulldogs assistant coach Brendan Laid, and Brendan, we were just talking then about Tim English. When you're working at St Kilda and, and you're watching Tim and you're doing the opposition analysis, what is it that makes him so special? Because he's a kind of different ruckman, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. He's um, he's very he gets around the ground as good as any ruckman I've seen. He's probably similar to Dean Cox in that regard. Um, he uses the ball quite well for a, you know someone that's six foot eight. So um, and his marking and his body's getting you know better every year. So and his ruck craft. So. For me, it's quite exciting to walk into and to help um, hopefully him improve more and more and become the ruckman he wants to become um, because I've seen some games when he has played and he's absolutely dominated and um, there's been other games where he's got some things to work on as all players have. So hopefully we can uh, minimise the things he needs to work on and get him to be a real consistent performer for our footy club. I think he shot up massively in his 16th and 17th year and perhaps went from being a midfielder to being a ruckman, hence that incredible uh, ball use around the ground. But what does he need to work on? What would be your first bit of advice? Oh, I haven't seen enough of him up close. Like you said, I've only watched him from afar, so I'd, I'd be guessing and um, maybe talking out of school if I'd you know, put some things out there. But for me, it's I've just got to build a connection with him. He's got to build a connection with his midfield. Um the big thing all ruckmen need to have is a presence. Now, everyone sees presence as a bit of a different thing and some people think it's just physical, um, but you can have other types of uh, presence. And with with Tim and all the rucks there, we'll, we'll try and work through what presence looks like for them and hopefully they can have that on, on their teammates and on the opposition as much as they can. Brendan, we've been talking to a lot of players in the past fortnight that have moved clubs. You've moved around a lot in your playing career and your coaching career. You played 234 games for the power you went to uh, Richmond, back to Port Adelaide, to St Kilda, now the Western Bulldogs. What's different about footy clubs? Or are they more similar than we think from the outside? Are they, are they quite similar? They've, all, they've got a lot of similarities, um, the clubs you go to and the, the, different, the different people you meet and whatever else. 
Um, but the big thing is the environment you create as a as a as a footy department, as a coaching staff, as a playing group. Um, that environment leads to a culture. So it, it happens pretty quickly. And if you've got some strong leaders that can, you know, direct us to where we need to go, whether it's coaches or players, um, you can build a quite a successful environment, which leads to a very strong culture. And over time, that uh, you see with Geelong, it's just it's just stayed there the whole time. They've had some really strong leaders, and when a few of their young guys started, it's just been handed down, handed down, and. Hopefully, you know, when you get to a club and you stay there for a while, you can start developing that and it just stays around for years and years to come. And Brendan, just lastly on connection, have you seen a difference when you wrap your arms around a player who is struggling? If you show them a bit of love and care that it actually really can translate to on-field success? Yeah, I've I've had a couple of experiences that have probably gone both ways. I had someone at Richmond with uh, Daniel Jackson and we used to watch his tape and um, he was a bit different than his leadership coach at, at the Crows now, but I'd walk, he'd walk into a Dewey's review and he'd just say, just show me all the negative stuff, tell me that I'm not doing right and I'll get that better. Um, then you have other players that, you know, will want to see, you know, nine positive edits and one negative one, but um, it, it's just finding what works for that person. Like I said before, I'm not going to coach every person the same way. I'm going to coach to what they need um, and hopefully that gets a great result for us. Well, Brendan, thank you so much for joining us on the Trade Feed and best of luck with the Western Bulldogs. Thanks for the chat, guys. No worries. Brendan Laid there, Western Bulldogs assistant coach. He just sounds like such a caring, beautiful man, Josh. That's all the reports out of St Kilda and Richmond and Port Adelaide. They love Brendan Laid, and I think he is a senior coach in waiting. And as we just heard from him there, he really did consider going up to Western Sydney. Yeah. It's a difficult it's a difficult sell in terms of assistant coaches because as we just heard, he's got a, a a, a child going into year 12. Yep, that's tricky. It's very tricky. It's not a player at 25 contemplating moving with him and maybe their partner. It's a family decision. So that's why it's been so difficult for the Giants to find assistant coaches. But now he's going to the Western Bulldogs. Stick with us on the Trade Feed. We'll get Sam Edmund in the studio next with some breaking news. This is the Trade Feed thanks to Toyota. Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Two juicy chicken patties with a fiery coating. The Double McSpicy is back at Macca's. Lucky there's creamy mayo or it'd be too McSpicy. Can you handle the heat? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who use the latest... Not a you. The Trade Feed for Host Plus. An industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota. Toyota certified. Pre-owned in a class of its own. A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. This is the trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. Sam Edmund is joining the trade feed. Hello to you, Sam. Pleasure to be here. Long time, first time. <laughs> Hello, Sarah. Hello, Josh. <laughs> now big you've news, got some Sam. news, yes. Yes, well, GWS, the big trade this one, they've sent Tanner Bruin down to Geelong, so I'll wait for this confirmation from AFL House, but they've reached a deal to two clubs, the Giants and the Cats, this morning, so Tanner Bruin will head to Geelong in 
in exchange for pick 18. Now, the Cats, we know they've won the race for Jack Bowes in pick seven, subject to a trade with the, the Suns. They'll now welcome uh, Tanner Bruin, 2020 number 12 pick to the club. They're working to satisfy Collingwood and deal, of course, for the, another 2020 first-round draft pick in Ollie Henry. We'll get to that in a moment, but the Bruin deal now means that the Giants are armed with a frightening first-round haul. I'm not sure Josh might be better educated to make, a, a, I guess, a claim on this than I, but subject to expansion clubs entering the competition, if we've seen anything like it. So GWS with 3, 12, 15 and 18. They also got 21 from the Brisbane Lions. That's a great draft haul, but of course, we know who they've lost, and that's some immense quality. But uh, Tanner Bruin, the last of them this morning. Well, Sam, we go back to the start of this football club in terms of the Giants. And obviously, go back in in 2011, they had everything. Yep. 2012, they had 1, 2, 3, 12, and 14. 2013, they had 1, 2, and 14. And 2014, they had 4, 6, and 7. So we're heading back to this territory right now. So the question is, what are they going to do with it? I mean, are they going to take it? Are they going to look to use it? Will they knock on North Melbourne's door? What what will they do with that draft hand? And then the Cats, I mean, they're the envy of the competition at the moment. I mean, you win a grand final by a bucket load, and then you win the race for Bows and Seven, which we, we spoke about. Maybe a future pick will be worked to satisfy the Suns. We know they're after a future second. Tanner Bruin they've got. And now they've got a bit of work to do. But if they're to get Ollie Henry in, doesn't it boggle the mind that three former first-round picks, you know, players that the Cats haven't had access to previously because they've been too bloody good, now they get them in with development behind them. They're just an unbelievable organisation. And the way they've done it is um, absolutely brilliant. It's absolutely a destination club, that's for sure. Now, we get lots of callers in, lots of texters in as well. And you can on 1300 23 or text 0419 And Sam, some of the feedback we're getting is that it's not fair. Not enough. That these players are going oh, to Geelong, yeah. that the rich get richer. Mm. But this is a broader conversation around the Cats and their list management strategy, isn't it? Because... We know they've got superstars who are on much smaller deals than they would be elsewhere. And this won't probably calm the farm for people out there <laughs> texting him, but, you know, that the people at Clubland ask the same questions. Rival list managers, how can they possibly do it? But we look from the outside in and everything you hear is that they don't pay overs for their star players, for lack of a better phrase. And, yeah, they've become a destination club when back in the day – no player wanted to live down there. Mm-hmm. Now they all want to go down there, and that's that works to their advantage. But they also do it so beautifully well in um, in not overpaying, as I say, in having good people in the right positions. And they've been doing it for a long period of time. You know, people acting like they've won three flags on the trot. They only just won the <laughs> premiership this year, and then you got to go back, of course, to, to 2011. So I'm always I've always been in the mind: don't get bitter, just get better, get get dangerous. Like the Giants here can get dangerous. You know. What does it mean for Ollie Henry and that trade? Mm. Because right now, Geelong, their next pick is 38. That's, that's a concern, isn't it? That's not going to satisfy Collingwood's needs. No, and Collingwood are telling people that at the moment. They're telling their dream and they've got no intention of trading him for pick 38. It is a really interesting case, the Ollie Henry one, because when he did initially receive the contract from Collingwood, it wasn't to his camp's liking in terms of the finances on the page. And and the Collingwood got a glut of young players coming through and Ollie Henry then fell out of favour towards the back end of the year, of course, and, and was overlooked for finals. So then they tried to appease him when the move down the highway became a factor and they said we'll give you a one-year deal and he wasn't keen on that as well so he's got a real decision to make doesn't he because it, it doesn't appear that Collingwood will come anywhere near trading him for, for what Geelong have got on the table and what they have offered which Matty Rendell mentioned last night which is pick 38 so mm-hmm. if the if the Cats do get seven in for Jack Bowes what do they do with that do they take that to the draft do they look to split it we'll have to wait and see
Now, we do have Brad from Geelong on the line, and I believe he wants to ask you a question, Sam. So, Brad, the floor is yours. Oh, hi, guys. How are you? We are well. Um, I'm happy as a Geelong supporter <laughs> to get Tanner back to Geelong for, eight, for pick 18. It's fair trade, fair deal. Um, I'm probably, as a Geelong supporter, really happy with the list management, um, and it's only going to get... Um, better in the future because we've got more and more retirees or older players that'll just open up salary cap space. So if they think that this is going to stop, uh, it's just beginning. Yep. Yeah, and, and there's a succession plan to these things. Some people say, well, how can they come in and, and promise them they're going to play right away? Well, Jack Bowes, they see playing through the midfield right away. And if you look at where what Geelong do with the magnet boards, Josh, obviously they shuffle it around regularly. There's a lot of names and a lot of faces go through that midfield. And then the age of these guys, you know, so 20, um, 21 years of age. I mean, 20 for for Ollie Henry. Tanner Bruins, 20, 21 in May. A Geelong Falcon kid as well. So, um. Yeah, I can see why people would be happy if you're the Geelong persuasion. GWS have long campaigned for the fact that the standard two-year contract for first-round draft picks is not enough. And Jason McCartney every year is banging his head up against the wall saying it should be three, four years. And maybe he's got some some case with that. Maybe, but also perhaps they shouldn't be giving these huge deals to a glut mm. of players because that's why we're seeing the yeah. Tim Tarantos and the Jacob Hoppers of the world having to exit stage right. Yeah, but they I mean, they had a crack, didn't they? They went in. If they won a premiership, you'd say it was all worth it, of course. And I guess this is why Gold Coast are doing what they're doing at the moment. They don't want to, hopefully in their mind, they see themselves challenging in the next couple of weeks. They don't want the bottom to fall out of the boat a couple of years after that. So they're taking some measures at the moment to protect against that. But there is a tax for these clubs, isn't there? You know, they're in non-traditional markets they mm. they have to or they feel the need that they have to pay a little bit more to keep them from you know quite unquote coming home that's the design of the list when mm. you can consider the the draft concessions for their inception going back 10 12 years now i just don't know when this is going to end especially when they they sit here right now the giants let's 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 reiterate this yep. pick three pick 12 pick 15 pick 18 and pick 19 it's amazing we could be in this position again in two years time yeah. we get another tanner bruin who wants to return home we've seen it more recently with Jai Corbell and Jackson Haitley, it just continues year in, year out, Sam. And, and and those in the industry will tell you that when you get these high-end picks in, that does come with a cost, like literally, because when they serve their initial two-year contract, if you can keep them around, then there's a significant bump mm. to the to the third and fourth and fifth year. So they have to pay through the roof. It's a it's a it's a cycle, isn't it? And and, and a lot of people are raising it, obviously, in the back of what Geelong are doing this trade period. Sam, love your work. Just before we let you go, Jack from Nary Warren is on the line and he's got a question for you and Josh. Jack? G'day. How are you guys? We're good. Thank Hi, you, Jack. Jack. That's good. Just a question. Thank you, Would they be willing to trade either their pick nine for either Buku Kamas or Lockie Hunter? We had James Gallagher on the trade feed last week, Jack, and he was adamant that pick nine, they want to take that to the draft. They want to use that on a on a young teenage prospect. So I can't see them using that now as trade bait. They've just got Zane Cordy from the Western Bulldogs. So that fits a need in terms of their depth down back. Buku Kamas, I don't know where he sits 
in the scheme of things at the Western Bulldogs right now, but I haven't heard him mentioned anywhere. Have you, Sam? No, no, that's news to me. Uh, and Lockie Hunter, we know, is a player who is open to a trade and the dogs are open to trading him if the right deal presents at a rival club, but I'm not sure what level of interest there is at this stage on him. Mm. Sam, absolutely love your work. That was a trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tyler's need stock fast. Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. This is a trade feed for Ream, built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Ream. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Hit the road with the one and f- end 18th of October. For full terms, visit mcdonalds.com.au. The Trade Feed for Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota, Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. Welcome back to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. Sarah Ollie and Josh Gablich here with you on the trade feed. And the topic for today that we're going to unpack now in this segment is the best trades that never happened. Now, if you're just tuning in off the top of the show, we gave a little bit of audio around Tony Lockett. They thought he was going to Richmond from St Kilda, but no, that trade didn't happen. He ended up, of course, going to the Sydney Swans. And on the text line, we've got some nominations coming through. You too can nominate on 0419-187-323. The best trades that never happened, Tim Kelly to West Coast the first time. He went back to Geelong, upped his worth and gave Geelong enough in return to get Jeremy Cameron to go on and win the flag. I love that one. Here's another one, a trade that never happened. Joe Mercedes to Collingwood when they never made the deadline due to a fax machine breaking down. So keep those coming through. That's quite extraordinary to think that a fax machine, Josh, could be uh, a hindering block for a trade to happen these days. Not the first time it happened. I believe Mark (laughs) Alvey was another one that was a victim of the fax machine back when it was a 2 p.m. deadline in the trade period. So Tim Kelly is a great nomination, obviously a very, very famous case. We go back to 2018 when he requested that trade after just one year at the Cattery, we all understood the circumstances. Young family, away from home, difficult family circumstances. But he had the contract mm. with the Geelong Footy Club and they didn't want to let him go for what the offer was from West Coast, which at the time was 2023 in a swap of future selections. So it forced Kelly to remain at the Cattery for one more season. And he had a, an even better year in year two in the hoops. And by the end of his time at Geelong, West Coast ended up having to give over 14, 24, 37, and a future first-round pick. So the Cats stood firm, and they got an absolute bounty. They're good at this, aren't they, the Cats? Well, (laughs) they are very good at this, but we can't forget that two years ago, it was the Giants that stood firm. They matched that bid for Jeremy Cameron, and Geelong had to give an absolute king's ransom to get Jeremy Cameron, and it's paid dividends now, but it has gone both ways, but Geelong are very good at doing this. Now, John from Woodvale. Wasn't his best text the other day, Josh. You told him to step it up. This is his suggestion on the text line. The nearly trade of Peter Matera at the end of the 97 season from the Eagles to the D's. Deal all but done, but teammates convinced him to stay. So a little bit of peer pressure there. But Josh, you do want to touch on one of the trades that never happened. And this all centres back to 2012. Let's talk about it because... If, if you're talking about 2012 from a Swans perspective, 
which I think you are in terms of a premiership. I'm talking about Ryan O'Keefe. Right okay. Now. Okay. So this is a trade that didn't happen in 2008. Ryan O'Keefe had a three-year contract to remain at the Sydney Swans. He wanted to return home to Victoria. He was already a star at the Swans by then, as you know. A premiership player in 05? Yes, yes. And then he stayed and he won a Norm Smith medal in 2012. Sensational so, that day. Exactly. And he, he stayed and became an absolute great of that football club. So that's one that worked in terms of the club saying, no, we're going to hold you to this contract and they convinced him to remain in the Harbour City and he ends his career at Sydney great. Well, that actually wasn't the 2012 I was talking mm. about, but I love that one. This one actually centres on Geelong and when they meant, went, went to meet with Travis Boak. The Cats heavyweights arrived on a mission, one which they hoped would remain top secret. Chris, could I just ask you, you're obviously in town to visit Trav? No, I'm not talking today, mate. Jimmy, you're confident you can... Talk Bokey into coming to the uh, to the Cats. While they weren't saying much on arrival, the trio was clearly saving its breath for Travis Boke. That's Tom Wren there, and you can't see this report, but he's laughing at Adelaide Airport because he's just getting radio silence from Chris Scott and, Great and Jimmy Bartel. They're incredible shots. So he got the tip off clearly, Tom Wren, and he, he got the exclusive. But of course, Travis Bokey's still at Port Adelaide. It was a famous tip-off on 5AA in SA and just incredible to think that that happened back in 2012. And it, it kind of fits, it definitely fits this conversation because although it wasn't during the trade period, it was in July, it was in between games. It's, it's quite, <laughs> quite incredible to think that Chris Scott headed across along with Joel Selwood, who was taken in the same draft as Travis Boke. And then there was Jimmy Bartel. And we can't forget, Joel Stoll was getting around in trackies. It was an interesting look. <laughs> and the vision, as you said, is, is quite incredible. Chris Scott was bemused to be having a, a microphone thrust in front of his face at it's an airport. Adelaide, though. It's a footy mad city. Do you just think he's going to walk in and be anonymous? Well, especially when they weren't playing that week in, in Adelaide. <laughs> it was quite incredible. I mean, the vision will stand the test of time. A bit like the audio we played before with Stephen Quartermain and Anthony Hudson and the Tony Lockett report. The vision of that is iconic. Yeah. <laughs> so it does play into this because it's still quite incredible to think that we had Chris Scott, Stephen Wells, Selwood and Bartel in Adelaide trying to poach Travis Boke in the middle of a football season. I loved it. What a bold play. And we've been praising Geelong in terms of going out and getting the Tanner Bruins and the Ollie Henrys and the Jack Boses and pick seven. Well, they've been doing it for some time. <laughs> well, this is one of the few times that they weren't successful. Mm. And our producer's telling us that Tom Wren, who had that report, actually got that tip off from a talk back caller. So that's quite sensational. If you've got that kind of tip off for Josh mm. or I, you can call us 1300 23 55 48 or text 0419 We're unpacking the best trades that never happen. So keep sending your texts through. Now, this is one of the best trades that never happened, Josh, if you are of the yellow and black persuasion. It's pretty big when you think about. Cast the... your mind back to 2013. Well, again, the vision sells everything. And yes. to see Dustin Martin touring a construction site in Western Sydney is still quite remarkable to think that he his legacy could be completely different. We could think about him as a Toby Green, and Toby Green is a champion of the game, but he doesn't play for a powerhouse football club. Imagine if Toby Green played for Richmond. We would talk about him <laughs> in those sort of levels. But to think that Dustin Martin turned his back on that offer, and that offer was good to go. It looked like he was heading to Western Sydney. It's still quite remarkable to think that that could have happened. And now he's a, an absolute legend of the Richmond Football Club. We know the resume. I mean, the three premierships and the three Norm Smiths are Incredible. the ones that stand out. Obviously, the Brownlow medal. And he's going around again 
at Richmond, which is sensational news because it was mooted throughout the year that he might be heading to Sydney after all, but he's not going anywhere. <laughs> and those iconic shots, of course, of Dustin Martin, he's flanked by his manager, Ralph Carr. I'll put this to you, Josh. If Dustin Martin had made that move to the Giants, and of course we are dealing in hypotheticals, mm-hmm. the Tigers don't win three flags. They might win one, they might win two, but I don't reckon they win the three flags without Dustin Martin. It's just it's impossible to picture Dustin Martin not in a Richmond jumper. It's just impossible. I just, I can't even fathom it, to be honest. And then on the flip side, though, imagine 2016, the preliminary final, and Dustin Martin is playing for the Giants. Do they beat the Bulldogs that day, and then do they go on to beat the Swans? I mean, I'm dealing in so many hypotheticals mm. now, but these are what we're talking about, the best trades that have never happened. And if you're a Richmond supporter, you are thanking your lucky stars day and night that Dustin Martin didn't end up going to the Giants after touring their facilities. Now, we might take a phone call because John from Montmorency is on the line. John, how are you? I'm um, Can you hear me? You're a little bit scratchy, John, but go ahead. Oh, no. You might have to call back, John. That is a bad line, but I think he is once again asking about Ollie Henry and how he's getting to Geelong. There's a lot of concern around that deal. And as Sam Edmonds said, he was in here for the trade feed just a moment before. It's looking like there's a little bit of tension between both clubs at the moment. Collingwood uh, not happy with Geelong's offer. Right now, they don't have the draft capital. Pick 38's not going to satisfy a deal in terms of Collingwood and what they want for a player that they use the first round pick on only two years ago. Now, they've got... Pick seven coming with Jack Bowes. So if they split that pick, they may get a pick in the teens that they can work with and satisfy a deal. So there's still plenty of time to execute this deal between now and next Wednesday night. But right now, I can't see it happening for pick 38. Still plenty of time as well for you to text us with the best trades that never happened. 0419 This is the trade feed thanks to Toyota. Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Real Aussies are winning big with a Monopoly game at Macca's. Like previous Monopoly game winner Caleb from Victoria, who won a home entertainment package. I was shocked. Turned to the missus. She was shocked. We both didn't believe it. Pretty blown away. Download the MyMacca's app and... AM for a limited time only. The Trade Feed for Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota, Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. Welcome back to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia, trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. Sarah Ollie and Josh Gablich here with you on The Trade Feed. And our big topic today is the best trades that never happened. And Alex from Airport West this is a cracker, Josh. Dylan Shield and Carlton, they flew a private jet for him and at the end of the day, Essendon got him. A private jet? Yeah, this is a famous story. I believe it was up to Noosa quite Oof. late in the trade period to try and get him across the line. The Silvanis, they've got a house in Noosa, of course, and I think that was part <laughs> of what was involved. But it's a great nomination. And the hour goes so quick, Sarah, because there are some other trades that we trades that didn't happen that yeah. we'd love to get to. Obviously, everyone knows the Lance Franklin one. That's been unpacked for a long time. The, the Swans swooped quite late, although it wasn't that late because they were in play the whole year. No one just no one knew about it. No one knew. <laughs> it's quite incredible. But the, well, the more recent one that, that I think we both 
you especially really enjoy is the Tom Papley. Indeed. Because it was only a few years ago that he wanted to get to Carlton in the same trade period as Jack Martin. Neither of those trades went through during the trade period. Martin eventually got there via the preseason draft. But Papley remained at the SCG and he's become one of the best small forwards in the competition. So it's definitely worked out in his favour. Although Carlton, they would have loved to have had Tom Papley. Yeah, well, they don't have him and he's recently signed a five-year deal, Josh. So he is going absolutely nowhere. He's committed to the Swans and the Harbour City. I've enjoyed this topic. It's a good topic. There are plenty of great topics around trades, obviously. So much to talk about and there's going to be so much to talk about next week because it's going to ramp up closing in on the deadline. And there's lots coming up with Riley and Cal in the next hour. They're going to be on the line to new Gold Coast son, Tom Berry. This is the trade feed for Ream, built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Ream. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.